Okay, welcome back to Ruining Your Childhood. This is week two of Santa Talk, and mm -hmm. I'm Kirsten. I'm Sarah. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to dive back into Santa this week, but first we have some housekeeping to do. We have a listener email this week. Yeah, um, we got an email from a listener who said they were listening to the Casper episode, you know, the first one, and they mentioned Spooky the Tough Little Ghost and how we talked about he has a black nose that we kind of said looked like a dog or like a little Chippendale nose. But this listener said that back in the day, if a character, it was a child, had like a black nose, it was because they were, it was like soot because they, they were like poor or like working in the factories or something. So that was an interesting little tidbit. Spooky is now even darker than we originally thought. And also just so sad. Yeah. A poor kid. He was just a kid. He was just he a kid. He probably died in a factory accident. And. <sighs> but yeah. it also makes a lot of sense thinking about it. Because now that I like think about it, I'm trying to think of like other cartoon characters or kid characters that are poor for that time. And I feel like they're always dirty. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense. So that that's a nice bummer to start the episode, but... <laughs> but thank you. We appreciate all feedback that you want to give to us. If you know something that we're not sure about, we truly appreciate your input. And yes. keep emailing us with things that you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, send us recommendations or, you know, correct us on stuff. We love that. Exactly. Uh, that's that sounds sarcastic, but it's not. <laughs> It's it's not sarcastic. <laughs> Much like all pieces of media, we also have problems. So feel yeah, free to call us, us out. <laughs> ruin ruin your podcast hosts. One day we'll ruin ruining your childhood and it'll come full circle. <laughs> uh I'll bring up all the horrible things I've done in chronological order. So yes. yeah. just ruin myself <laughs> self own. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> it would be a five hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah let's talk about all our past mistakes <laughs> well i do lay awake at night thinking about them so i have plenty of material <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> um, but enough about our mistakes let's talk about santa's sins let's talk about the sins of capitalism uh but let's let's start with santa <laughs> um so Last week when we left off, we were talking about Santa and his sort of revival at the end of the 1800s when after Twas the Night Before Christmas, he started appearing uh, in Christmas ads. He started getting a lot more famous. Department store Santas are all the rage and Santa has appeared in kind of one and a half films. One... uh screensaver and one <laughs> 29 minute television episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically uh, a screensaver basically a screensaver it's like imagine when you're watching a screensaver if that's all you have to watch it's Just, a gif essentially yeah a, a gif uh, a gif of santa putting uh toys in stockings so santa is on the rise and then Something that I think, for me at least, will always be interconnected with Santa happens. Do you know where I'm going with this, Sarah? Um, no, I I don't. The elves? Not elves. Mrs. Claus? Coca-Cola. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and uh, Mrs. Claus was actually introduced. I should have mentioned this last episode, but uh, Mrs. Claus was introduced by... Um, uh, by Thomas Nast. Thomas Nast also gave Santa a wife and named her just Mrs. Claus. She doesn't have any first name. We had um, to make sure no one thought he might be gay. Yeah. <sighs> or just a, a bachelor living alone in the North Pole. That seems... Uh, yeah, with a bunch of elves? Like, that sounds creepy. It does sound creepy if you would think about... Just someone living by themselves with a bunch of laborers that they employ for free. Yeah, um, that would sound more like a screwed kind of character. Yeah. Um. So Thomas Nast did uh, give us the character of Mrs. Claus. 
and did give us the red suit with the white fur. And he is the one who decided that Santa lived in the North Pole. Gotcha. So he's established with his uh, wife and his house in the North Pole. But the thing that I always picture with Santa is actually Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coke ads are, I think, sort of the American picture of Santa. And that's because in... 1930 a department store ad used santa drinking a coke because they wanted to advertise that they had the world's largest soda fountain in their department store and so they sort of just put santa in a like a group shot of a department store he's not the main figure but in 1931 After the success of the 1930 ad with Santa in the department store, the Coca-Cola Company commissioned illustrator Haddon Sundblom to paint Santa for their 1931 Christmas ads. And he actually based his version of Santa on Twas the Night Before Christmas. So again, cementing this Santa as the Santa we would remember forever. Yeah. Sundblom actually based his Santa on a live model and the man that he modeled him after was named Lou Prentice and he was a retired salesman which I just think is kind of fun yeah imagine being like the grandchild of the guy that inspired Santa right yeah I wonder if they're still making royalties from that probably not it's Coca-Cola so I would assume they aren't (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah so the rosy cheek, uh, happy, plump, nice Santa gets thrown in our face even more so than before in 1931. It's fun to think about. So my grandfather just turned 89 and he was born in 1931. So thinking about him seeing the same Santa when he was a kid, essentially like We still have the same Santa today, so it's so wild to think about that this figure has been around for so many generations. Yeah. Oh, that is is wild. Because, like, we don't generally grow up with the same media as our parents and grandparents, but this is one thing that, at least for that many generations, has been a thing. Right. And so, just like the Coca-Cola Christmas ads... They start running in 1931, and Santa also becomes a fixture at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade starting in 1924, so up until 2020, I guess. Yeah, almost 100 years. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's so wild to think about that it's been almost 100 years. Right? So... uh, It's been 100 years since the 20s. Weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it it seems so weird to think about because I still think that the 90s were 20 years ago and not 30 years ago, which they were. Right? Yeah. I. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's hard to, like, grapple with the passage of time. Uh, uncomfortable. It really is. I don't know why humans struggle with that so much. Because it's all, I think we always feel like we're so much younger than we are or older. I don't yeah. know. The coping mechanism? I skirt in between I feel younger than I am and I feel much older than I am. I'm always one of the two. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. But so this is sort of the rise of Santa Claus is inextricably linked with the rise of capitalism. Even, Even like during the Great Depression when no one has money, the pressure of kids expecting something from Santa led a lot of parents to scrounge up any money they had to make sure that they could have something from Santa for their kids, even though people were dealing with homelessness and job loss. It was still because Santa was such an institution at that point that to have him not show up would have been devastating to the whole country of kids who expected him to be there. Right. Yeah. But so interesting thing about the Coca-Cola ads is that they run this same Santa from 1931 to 1964. And this is sort of 
Uh, Coca-Cola keeps doing this forever, and so do a lot of other companies, but I feel like this is part of the marketing nostalgia. Using the same Santa Claus that, you know, kids who grew up in the 30s saw the same Santa that their kids are going to see now. So it's just that that idea that we are so much more willing to buy things that remind us of our happy times in childhood, that it's a really uh, an easy heartstring to pull when you're trying to sell people things. And and this is still happening. I don't know if you've seen this commercial yet this year, but I've I never watched cable TV. I watched cable TV for the first time a few weeks ago, and I already saw this commercial. It's the Hershey Kiss commercial yep. with the kisses that are like bells. Yeah, I, I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, they they ring, you know, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And that commercial has been on the air since I was a kid and it has not changed at all. It is completely unchanged. The graphics aren't any better. It's just they keep updating it. And I think it's just part of that. We associate that commercial with Christmas from our childhood. And so it's so ingrained. It's Yeah. Makes me want a Hershey kiss. It makes me want a Hershey kiss. And it also like, like I remember the first time I saw that commercial, the first time I remember consciously seeing that commercial, I was at my grandma's house at Christmas time. And it was, and now it's like an emotional memory because my grandmother is deceased. So yeah. They really know how to pull on my heartstrings with a stupid Hershey Kiss commercial. <laughs> like, they have me ready to spend all my money to recapture that feeling from a commercial for Hershey Kisses, which I don't even like. Like, I, yeah, I mean, you can do better in terms of just like plain milk chocolate. I don't even really like milk chocolate as a whole, but I'm willing to buy a bag of Hershey Kisses every time they play me that commercial because it takes me back to being in my grandmother's kitchen with her. So it's it's ad companies found out early on that if you bring things back from people's childhoods that they will spend that money. It's devious <laughs> and brilliant at the same time. Uh, right. Yeah. It's wild that they, they're such such good manipulators. Right. Advertisements are effective. That's the scary part about advertisements is how, like, even when you know they're an advertisement, they can still get you. Yeah. So um, not only would these Coca-Cola ads with Santa, would they show him enjoying a Coke, they would also show him delivering toys. And that became the huge focus. So... We went from the original versions of Santa who delivered cakes and candies and sweets. And here we are now with Santa who delivers only toys. And this is sort of at a time when there's an influx of consumerism. So, you know, especially after the Great Depression, there's such a huge influx of consumerism and buy things and help your kids have a Merry Christmas. So um, after this post-war boom, not only are there a lot more babies, like baby boomers are called baby boomers because there were a lot of them. So all these baby boomers are now little baby consumers. (laughs) 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 And so after after the Great Depression, after World War II, uh, all these parents have a new influx of money. You know, this is a time of like prosperity for Americans. And a lot of these kids have parents who grew up during the Great Depression who had sad Christmases where they couldn't afford things. And so all these advertisements push parents to give their kids the Christmas they never had. It's Mm -hmm. that sort of now that you have money, do for your kids what was never able to be done for you. Yeah. It's just... Marketing is so effective. <laughs> uh, it, really it just is. works. It's, it's just it, It's just it works on people and it leads to people buying more and more stuff. One fun thing I do want to mention though is that in 1942, Coke introduced Sprite Boy. What? Sprite Boy appeared with Santa Claus in Coke ads and he was called Sprite Boy not because he not because of the drink 
but because he was an elf, like a sprite. Oh. So, when Coke introduced Sprite the drink, because it wasn't even out yet, when they introduced Sprite in the 1960s, they named it after that character. You know why? Because nostalgia sells. <laughs> oh my god. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm making some connections right now. Yes. Can you imagine a time before there was Sprite? I mean... I yeah, that is my um for most of my life has been my soda of choice. So uh yeah, I, I cannot fathom a life without Sprite. Well, if you were born before the nineteen sixties, you would have had to live without that lemon limey goodness. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so Sprite Boy is literally it Sprite Boy and Sprite the Soda are direct result of how effective the Santa advertisement campaign was. That's wild. That blew my mind. Because I always sort of wondered why it was called Sprite. It's an interesting name. But when you know that it's part of a nostalgia grab, it yeah. makes it a little more devious. Right? Like, <laughs> it's so smart, but so manipulative. <sighs> it's frightening, but... I mean, you have to at some point say, like, you really know what you're doing. You really know how to get us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I gotta give it to them. They, uh, uh, Hershey gets us with the kiss ads. Coke gets us with the Santa. And then, and then later on, the polar bears. Like, they, they know what they're doing. The polar bears are one of the best ad campaigns of all time also. They're just heartwarming and pretty and they're you know just so recognizable sort of when everybody started doing santa coke had to separate itself and start making something different so they found their own thing and then perfected it it's it, it makes you like have a sort of dark appreciation for the people who come up with these ideas santa is such a part of our lives solely because of capitalism right it's interesting to think about if santa would still be such a big deal for us if he had just continued giving out cakes for christmas yeah probably wouldn't be quite the same right if santa never encouraged you to drink coke and never encouraged you to buy toys do you think we would even still have a place in our consciousness for him probably not yeah, it probably would just be a much more minor thing. Right. It's like we created Santa to suit capitalism, not the other way around. So, I mean, <sighs> that's kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> a little. <laughs> uh, it's kind of depressing to think about. Um, but, uh, okay, so another great example is Miracle on 34th Street, right? That. I I love the original Miracle on 34th Street. I like the 90s version, but I really love the old version. I think I've only seen the 90s version. You should watch the original one. I think it's on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. But it's um it's a little bit sweeter, I think. I think the the newer 90s version has a little bit of a dark side to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the older version's a little more uh light but it is completely intertwined with macy's did they sponsor it yeah well yeah and the department store that he's the santa of is macy's oh oh that's wild i never put that together it's straight up branded content <laughs> it's it's the the og branded content is miracle on 34th street the whole plot is like directly associated with Macy's, their Thanksgiving Day Parade, and also their department store and selling and buying things. There's like one of the things that makes that Santa so endearing to everyone is that if Macy's has a higher price than another department store, he advises people to go to the other department store because it's cheaper there. Yeah. Which originally makes the like his manager or whatever extremely mad at him because he's encouraging customers to leave but he eventually loves the idea because it actually gets more people through the door oh yeah because they're like well we got to find out where the best price is right and so capitalism wins in the end the people at macy's make a ton of money that's 
that's, that's the true moral of the story. That's the story. Like, that's the story is that they have a really good Santa Claus, which makes them money for the store. It all... <laughs> And, and I really love this movie. That's the thing. It's like it's a lovable, sweet, heartfelt movie. But the the chewy center at the middle of the candy is that uh, Macy's ends up making a fortune. And that's a good thing. <laughs> the happy ending is that Macy's makes some money. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's. <laughs> wow. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle where profits are up 15% from last Christmas. Uh, what a weird time. Yeah, it's it's so it's so strange to think about how gung-ho Santa is for capitalism. <laughs> you know, he lives in a you, you would you would assume that he's a capitalist. I mean, he does have a lot of free laborers. <laughs> Yeah, well, but, like, okay, so the actual, like, mythical Santa isn't really making a profit, is he? No. Who is paying him? No one's paying him. It's all about Macy's making money. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, man. It just, it's it's one of those things that just, like, once you get to a certain age, it just doesn't make sense. I'm, and I sound like an absolute, like, I'm like the guy from the Santa Claus, about, like, the weenie whistle guy. Neil! Um, <laughs> I love yeah, Neil. Neil. <laughs> Neil is actually my favorite character in that movie, and we could do a whole episode on why I love Neil. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss it, because he actually, uh, I think Neil is correct in that movie, um, even though, you know, how was he supposed to know it was actually Santa Claus? I said this last night. I actually watched the Santa Claus last night, and I said, I was like, if I were this mom, I would never tear up that custody agreement because as far as she knows he's a delusional man who kidnapped her child for a month <laughs> <laughs> like uh he would not be cool if you were an adult in that world and when he gets arrested there are a lot of kids standing on the street with their parents and their parents are like oh you know it's santa and it's like if those parents were there they would be like Watch out for this man. He is a deranged kidnapper. <laughs> Stranger danger. He would be on some sort of list. They would be like, don't get near this man if you see him out. And it would be oh absolutely God. traumatizing for those kids because Santa would be arrested in front of him. <laughs> it would be a really weird Christmas to talk about when they were adults with their therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so then Santa got arrested, and they said he was a predator. Uh, I thought this man in my neighborhood was Santa because he said that he was and went to really great lengths to convince us all, and then he was arrested, and I found out later he was just a predator. Oh my god, that, w that would be so upsetting. That would be the worst true crime. Especially if it were Tim movie. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Buzz Lightyear arrested on kidnapping charges. Uh, yeah. Again, anything's problematic as you look at it, but uh, if you look at it from right. a real perspective. The point is, Neil did nothing wrong. Neil was the hero of the story the entire yeah. time. Just I love Neil. Uh, I have like a weird crush on Neil as an adult. His name, that's Judge... Reinhold, that's his name, right? Yes, his name is Judge. He's so good. Him and Ruthless People. Another Ruthless, the second Ruthless People reference on this podcast. Ruthless People is actually uh, way more relevant to this podcast than we ever knew. Yeah, who knew? Well, we've talked about, we've also talked about Bette Midler on this show when we talked about um, Hocus Pocus. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we will get around to the whole cast, uh, it, and you know we're going to talk about Danny DeVito at some point. Uh, well, yeah, Matilda has to come up, so oh, we're yeah, Hercules. Absolutely. Yeah, literally so many things. I love Danny DeVito. I, he's actually um, my favorite celebrity, period, like, end of sentence. Rightfully so. He deserves that position. Actually, he should play, like, an anti-Santa character. Here's my third movie pitch. Yes. <laughs> Anti Santa is Danny DeVito. 
you think he's the bad guy because he's trying to dethrone Santa, but actually you realize in the end that Santa is a capitalist nightmare and Danny was the hero the whole time. <laughs> Carl Marx. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I think uh, after this episode, I'm on some sort of government watch list. <laughs> Uh, again let me just say i love santa again i feel like i have to say this i literally have a santa figurine seated about one foot away from me so (laughs) we we are fans of santa here at ruining your childhood and we're not trying to actually ruin him right which brings me to my next point of why santa is bad Uh, I love Santa, and here's why, but also he's horrible, and here's also why. So, I've read a lot of opinion pieces about Santa Claus and how he presents a real problem in schools because Santa gives differently to different kids. Yeah. And that can create a really hard time for kids who don't receive expensive gifts from Santa because their families are unable. So if Santa gives you socks for Christmas and your friend got an Xbox, then Santa becomes your enemy. It becomes another source of disappointment or of, well, why wasn't I good enough this year? You know, I thought I was being good. I don't know why this happened to me. Right. So I just think that's an interesting thing to think about. And I think that, you know, it might be better, hear me out, if we return sort of to the days when Santa gives out cakes and, you know, gifts that are smaller and more reasonable. If we could kind of move to a more old-fashioned Santa, a more old-fashioned Christmas where Santa brings pairs of socks or... Something a toothbrush. That, a toothbrush. Something that's reasonable for all kids that that doesn't make anyone feel left out or feel like they're disappointing Santa. Because that's, I just think that's really hurtful to a lot of kids. Especially, you know, we're in the middle of an economic disaster. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids may be let down by Santa this Christmas. It's just extremely sad and unfortunate, but it could be the case. And I think, you know, like I said, in the Great Depression, when people were really making hard choices on what they could afford, they still felt that pressure to spend more than they could afford on kids Christmas because they didn't want them to be let down. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, Christmas shouldn't put such pressure on parents to spend beyond their means right like obviously all kids deserve to have a happy day you know to get presents that they like but not at the cost of their parents going into debt or having financial hardship in a different way right so you know maybe if we could walk santa back a little and instead of the new ps5 he gives kids a nice uh, under $10 gift. You know, if Santa right. had a spending cap universally, yeah. that would be really nice. Yeah. And, like, I feel like a, a, a thing you could do is make, like, the myth could change to where he just brings the stockings. Like, what can fit in a stocking? Or, you know, and, and like, obviously every family can do this differently, but also keeping it within a certain reasonable range and save the big gifts to be from like mom and dad and keep the little stuff for Santa because you know I think kids aren't stupid they know they they know from a certain age that there's some kinds of inequality in the world and they you know if they grow up poor they probably have an understanding of that to some degree so it would make more sense to them like if mom and dad don't give them the same stuff that their friends get then you know santa just loves the rich kids more is like the message that they're getting yeah that's that's the message that they're getting and we're the ones that are sending that message yeah 
or well, I would say uh, some corporations have something right. to do with it too. Right, exactly. When when corporations start pushing buy toys instead of give snacks, eighty nine years later, here we are. You know, so it's just a problem that Santa presents that mm-hmm. I think we really need to start addressing kind of as a society. If income inequality isn't going to get better, then we've got to fix Santa. That's, yeah. I prefer income inequality get fixed, but if we can't fix that, <laughs> I'll settle for Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully both, but, um, you know, the, the other the other's uh, maybe a much bigger issue. Right. <laughs> um, maybe a bit more uh, out of our hands. If we uh, fix income inequality, Santa doesn't have to change. Maybe that's the push we need to get behind. Right? Yeah. Santa's gonna be ruined if we don't fix this. Maybe that would motivate yeah. people enough to want to change. Well, even if not that, I do, I feel like some families just lowering the bar for Christmas a little bit is not such a bad idea. Like, I think of um, Harry Potter when Dudley gets, like, 36 presents and he's like well last year they're 37 but that was his birthday but you get the idea like right you know i think commercialism and all that stuff really portrays christmas as like this big event where you get like all the most popular toys and all the all that stuff and instead if it was just more about smaller but more meaningful gifts but also you know like the one big ticket item of the year as opposed to kind of all the big ticket items if that makes sense right like if you want like, a ps5 then, you know that's 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 the time to get it but you know yeah exactly that's just walking back the consumerism that we now sort of just link with christmas instinctively yeah this is my my favorite approach to christmas is practical gifts <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm everyone's least favorite like gift giver when you're kids because uh, I'm a firm believer that like presents should be useful except for you know a few things that are fun. I'm not against kids having fun. Uh <laughs> they have fun. But I think, you know, maybe a few fun gifts, but the rest should be things that you need. I think right. Um like socks coats. are always a good idea. Yes. Underwear. Uh, things that are actually useful. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of friends of mine and me would some years receive a toothbrush in their stocking. And that's great because, you know, you gotta you gotta switch out toothbrushes every three months, lest they get bent down and bad. Yeah. And you have to replace them every time you get strep throat. So for me, I was replacing it basically every other month. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you getting strep throat so much? I used to get strep throat a lot until I had my tonsils removed. So Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so... Uh, you were just going around licking doorknobs? <laughs> no, so it was sort of a family thing. It was like uh, uh, I had a cousin who I spent a lot of time with, and it was just sort of cycled back and forth between the two of us constantly. <laughs> Uh, I picture the two like um, the two twin boys from Bob's Burgers, Andy and Ollie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it was exactly that. Only just uh, just us giving each other strep throat. Our mom were at one point like, "Don't you two dare drink after each other." <laughs> like, if we see you sharing a cup, we're going to be furious with both of you. <laughs> they're like, okay, and then shared a drink. I'm sure. Yeah, obviously, because you kept getting it somehow. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, but it was because, in retrospect, it was because both of us had extremely large tonsils. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Um, how did I get on? Oh, man. How do we get to strep throat? <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we've definitely made some, uh, we've prescribed some things for the future of Santa. Um, I do want to talk about one more current addition to the Santa myth that oh, yeah. um, it boils my blood. Yeah, go for it. So uh, I know I'm going to make a lot of people angry about this. <laughs> if you thought you were mad at me when I said Santa was bad, you're going to get really mad when I say this next part. But mm-hmm. I think Elf on the Shelf is the worst thing that ever happened to us as a culture. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I hate Elf on the Shelf. His little narc ass can get gone. Um, 
I hate the idea that, oh, first of all, I hate how expensive this book slash elf are. How much are they? I I, I didn't grow Just up Just make with a this. list. Uh, uh, they're new. They're new. They're like a new thing that luckily I think our generation missed. Thank God. Uh, Google it. I want you to Google the price of one and just like, I okay. want your shocked reaction. $30? For the book and the... Oh hmm? my. Yeah. For a, like for a, for book, a book in the creepiest, a... cheaply made elf I've ever seen in my life. For that freaky little gnome. He creeps me out. I hate his... Money. I hate his freaking face. And there's accessories. He has like a... Like a moose friend... He has, or, like, a wife, doesn't he? Because they had to... Does he have a wife now? That's even worse. Uh, Let me see. Girl, elf on the shelf. I don't know if it's, like, his wife, but, like, there there is a girl elf on the shelf. And they also make them, like, different races, too. Which is, is just... It's interesting. It's... The whole... The whole concept is interesting to me. Yeah. I... Like... I, I don't know the author of these books, not to shit too heavily on whoever it is. Does it list the author name? By Bell Chand Bell Chanda and Carol V. Abersold. Yeah. I don't well, know these people. Congrats yeah. on ruining everyone's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You guys are fine, but I hate your creation. <laughs> yeah. I hate the thing you have uh, on this earth the real frankenstein monster of our generation is the elf on the shelf uh yeah well can i say that like okay so a lot of and not to shit on anyone but parents that will post updates from their elf on the shelf like every day and be like this is what the kids woke up to today and like it'll be another weird thing like the elf like in a, on a pile of broken glass in a back alley or whatever and i hate it i hate seeing the i just hate it it's I, annoying i agree and i just think it must be exhausting like kids are already freaking exhausting i can't imagine having to think of a new thing to do every night so that the elf is in a new place you have to think of like a new gimmick for it you have to buy like little things for it to do you have to think far ahead you ready for a galaxy brain take yes uh elf on the shelf normalizes the surveillance state i was literally just <laughs> going to say that sorry to steal your thunder that was the next point no i'm so glad you agree with me because he is big brother he, <laughs> he's watching us that's his whole thing is he is watching you he is surveilling you and if you step out of line he's going to report you to your overlord <laughs> santa claus like it makes santa claus oh man and like the whole like he watches you when you're sleeping and whatever i that that's an aspect of santa that i find weird anyway but also with having like a little elf that watches you is bleh. yeah I, I, and that's like i uh, i've heard so many parents that are like it's an incentive for them to behave and it's like okay but it's a really weird incentive i hate it gee thanks i hate it uh (laughs) you can have it back you can take back elf on the shelf i really i really just i hate the concept i hate that he's uh a part of the surveillance state of childhood i hate that he is another thing you have to buy another task you have to complete as a parent as if parenting isn't already hard enough uh let's add this new task and it's another thing with the comparisons it's like when one parent starts doing it and it catches on with everyone if you're the one parent who doesn't you're suddenly in the shit barrel and i hate that also yeah and also like I think there's ways to create Christmas magic and stuff for your kids that don't involve buying a, an expensive box set from Barnes and Noble, you know? Yes. And that don't involve being the same as everyone else. It's it's another thing with, uh, I always harp on this, but I think that uniformity has a point where it's bad and when your Christmas traditions are exactly the same as everyone else's, I think it becomes 
less special for each person. It's like the the thing from The Incredibles, you know, when we're all special, none of us are. So it's just, you know, I think there are ways to come up with your own Christmas traditions or your own, if you, if you don't celebrate Christmas, if you like, if you're not into Christmas, but you're into Santa, there's different ways to do that, you know, like. Right. I just yeah, hate. Yeah, create your own traditions. Yeah, it's so fun to have those unique to your family traditions. Yeah. I'm glad the elf on the shelf wasn't around for my childhood. Yeah, he's also, he's he's terrifying. He's a creepy little doll. I really hate his face. A little too cheerful for my liking. A little too uncanny valley. Yeah. I prefer, because they make like totally, completely plushy ones too, I've noticed. In addition to ones that have like, like vinyl doll faces. And I prefer the plushy ones, but... Only marginally. <laughs> uh, adding mayonnaise to a shit sandwich, if you were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Basically. <sighs> Which is better, with or without, no one can say. <laughs> horrible. If you like Elf on the Shelf, if you have kids and you do Elf on the Shelf, no offense to you, it's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. And disclaimer, I don't have kids. If I had kids, maybe I would be yucking it up with Elf on the Shelf, but <laughs> my yeah. childless uh, heathen soul really hates the idea of Elf on the Shelf. I prefer the, like, I don't know if, if you did this when you were little, but like, I don't know where my parents got these, but they had like these little um, things, and this was maybe environmentally not that great. But they would give us these, like, baggies of, like, reindeer food to, like, toss out into the yard. It was, like, Aww. oats and, like, glitter. And the glitter is the part that was maybe not environmentally that good. The, the oats were fine, I'm sure. But... We didn't know how bad glitter was back then, so. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that, uh, you know, glitter was uh, singly responsible for uh, destroying the earth. Um but but it was still very sweet and like the idea it was kind of our own little and i'm sure other people do that too that's not that original but it, it was a nice thing yeah fun christmas traditions that are like more unique more homemade like mm -hmm. i remember we always made those um the ornaments that you make out of like reformed gingerbread cookie dough like you know oh, the yeah the ones that you bake in the oven we always did those you know i think handmade crafts are more fun for kids and they're sweeter for parents i mean you have like more of a lasting memory right and yeah kids have such good imaginations you really don't have to go spend 30 dollars and create this fictional character of an elf they'll have fun with anything uh yeah <laughs> case in point this same cousin our favorite holiday game our grandmother had like wooden floors in her upstairs and we used to drop pennies through the cracks and see where they landed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean kids used to like hit hoops with sticks for fun so kids really they they don't need uh as much um the kinds of stimulation that we give them necessarily you know I think I think it doesn't take as much to entertain them as we think it does um Another, another, this is a fun Christmas tradition. So another unenvironmentally friendly one. But um, <laughs> after Christmas, whatever unused wrapping paper that we had, my mom would unroll for us and let us write, like, let us draw sets on so we could act out our own plays. <laughs> Wait, that's really cool, though. I love it that. Was, it was very fun. And uh, I will say that my work was a little derivative back then. Basically, everything was sort of a, a play on The Wizard of Oz. But, you know, I, <laughs> I like to think that I've gotten a little more creative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I had to analyze it, I would say not my best work. But <laughs> uh, it was her early era. Yeah, that was... Uh, my uh bottle rocket if you will <laughs> that's a real plant for you wes anderson nerds out there <laughs> uh, oh man that's his first movie that's that joke will land with none of you but i feel proud for having said it <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> there there are uh, i'm sure there's a wes anderson nerd out there somewhere 
contact me if you're a Wes Anderson. Email the show and we'll talk about Wes Anderson. Yes. Oh, well, we've come so far. We've come so far. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this one, uh, you know. This is, we... this is going to infuriate more people than normal, but uh, again. Yeah, you know. Everyone has something they hate. It's all in good yeah. fun. If you'd like to email us and yell about how much you love your elf on the shelf and its fun stories and send us a play-by-play of everything that you did with it last year. Don't. Uh, <laughs> no, do. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see yeah. what the... Especially if you have one of those ironic uh, elf on the shelf dolls where you make it do horrible things. I do actually yeah. enjoy those from time to time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's That's fun. Uh, I used to work for a restaurant chain and last year they did a promotion with elf on the shelf and uh we used to have a lot of fun with elf on the shelf because we like set him up with fake crows and had his body being picked apart by crows (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's the ideal position for him (laughs) yeah it was the the fake crows from halloween Picking apart his lifeless corpse. It was haunting. <laughs> it was actually a metaphor for consumerism, so. Yeah, yeah make of that what you will. It's a real deep cut. Moral of the story. Uh, Santa's evil elf on the shelf is horrible and we hate him. And, <laughs> and now well, we're both on the naughty list permanently. I definitely am. The elf on the shelf saw me make this podcast and immediately ran in the North Pole and was like, cut her off. That narc bitch. I feel like uh, the dad from Elf, you know. But the children love the books. (laughs) Uh, I know that. I'm sorry. I gotta take the books back. (laughs) God. This makes the, the good riddance at the end seem a lot more like in character you know it's like, gonna be real good riddance uh yeah we really painted ourselves as uh curmudgeons here we do love christmas we do again i love christmas and i have nothing but happy memories about christmas so it really is unfair for me to to harp on how bad it is when i really have like i have no bad christmas memories i have loved every christmas that i've ever experienced in one way or the other they all have something special even the sad ones, I remember fondly, like, you know, it's, I love Christmas, I will never not love Christmas, so. Even in this shitty year. Even in this shitty year, I'm still looking forward to it. I still, it's still my favorite time of year. I I love it. I love everything about it. I just think that it's a good time, especially in 2020, when Christmas is going to look a lot different when finances look a lot different for a lot of people the future's really uncertain i think this is a really good time to reflect on the way we celebrate christmas and try to focus less on consumerism and presents and maybe more on things that are more important and making use of what we have and having a good time without as much stuff and yeah. Appreciating Santa as a loving, good spirit who brings us cheer and, you know, maybe change him from giving us our wildest desires to just like a happy, cheerful reminder of the holidays, you know, so. Yeah, giving, not extravagance, just just general giving. Just giving and giving to others and being kind to your neighbor and helping each other out. It's, I think this is a really... Like, I think bad things always have a takeaway, and I feel like the takeaway of 2020 is reevaluating priorities in our lives. And hopefully, you know, this Christmas is a good time for reflection, and maybe we change the way that we celebrate a little moving forward. Oh, yeah. And like the thing people say, you know, the not back to normal, but like creating a new, better normal. Exactly. That's, I think that's where that can go. And so I know I've spent a lot of time being down on Santa and Christmas, but I think the heart and soul of Santa is so positive and nice. I just think it's been corrupted. And I think it's time for us to take Santa back for ourselves. Yeah. This is, 
time for the people to take Santa back. Go back to where he started. The Santa Revolution. The Santa Revolution. It's it's time. It's time for us to take Santa back from Coca-Cola and Macy's and give him back to us. Yeah, just like families. Just regular old families. Regular old people. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was... That took a surprisingly heartfelt direction. I told you, I get really weepy around Christmas. <laughs> this is the weeping season. It has begun. The weeping season is upon us. And it will last until uh, daylight savings time ends. I don't know. It may be longer. If we have a vaccine by April, the vaccine may send me into weeping overdrive. I'll just be so happy that I'll be weeping constantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I will be too. Uh, the, the the good kind of weeping, though. Yes. Well, anyway, I hope I hope you people at home got something from this because I feel like I've learned a lot. If you've learned anything, I'm happy for it. I hope I haven't ruined your day too much. I hope you're not too angry with me, listeners. Yeah, and if you are, email us. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing if if you do do elf on the shelf and your kid is excited about it i will never act not excited about it in front of kids this is yeah. strictly adult content if your kid's into it i'll act into it for until they are no longer into it i will act like i'm super excited about it so yeah, don't it, think it, that i'm out here uh when kids are like look what my elf did last night i'm like that's not real get that shit out of my face <laughs> I will act super excited about it. So don't feel like you can't share stuff with me. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and also, like, if you have some special sentimental connection to Elf on the Shelf or, like, you're fostering that in your kid, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> yes. Do you. Enjoy yeah. your Christmas however you can. Exactly. We are all just clamoring for every ounce of serotonin we can get in life. So do what yes. you must. Do what you want to do. Thank you for listening. Yes, we appreciate all feedback that we've been getting. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and uh, we've been mentioning the whole time that you can email us, both jokingly and not. But you can do that at rycpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Good riddance. Good riddance, folks.